Well, Merry Christmas from Sheppy to Sittingbourne and surrounding Kent. Um, who's feeling it? Who's feeling Christmassy? Hands up. So I want to, to cut, cut a lay of the land here of how Christmassy we are. So I'm going to ask you to put your hand up once I ask a question so I can get a gauge of where we're at in the whole Christmassy vibe in the room. Hands up if you are like struggling not to put your Christmas playlist on before December. Okay, so good. I'm in good company here. I, I am itching. I am itching to get the Christmas tunes on. Probably from about September. Because um, they're brilliant. They're all banging. They're all crackers. I love them. Um, hands up if you're like, just 1st of December, Christmas tunes come out. Every like 1st of December, okay? Hands up if you're still fighting the urge now on the 22nd of December. No, uh, this... Really? Wiseman's, I'm shocked. You're going to have to, wow, that's, I'm going to un-Facebook friend you guys. Actually, I'm going to pump your walls full of Christmas lights. <laughs> going to remember that for next year. One of my personal favourites is Chris Rea on Driving Home for Christmas. What a tune. I actually met Chris Rea in an airport once when I was a kid, and I had no idea who he was, but everyone else did. Now, looking back, I wish I'd said something to him. Like, where are you going home for Christmas? Something like that, I don't know. Um, and it really resonates with me because for, for me and Helen, we, when we got married, we said that we'd never get into one of those routines where one year it's to Helen's parents, then the next year to my parents. We were like, let's be really spontaneous and just go with the flow. Needless to say, that's exactly what we did. <laughs> After Helen's parents, next year to my parents... Every Christmas, we've always travelled somewhere. So that sense of going home to see family, that's a song that's always, as soon as it's hit Christmas, it's like, yes, that song. It means a lot to us. We love going on a bit of a journey. This year is the first year where we're doing Christmas at home by ourselves. And we're actually, to be honest, I'm looking quite forward to it. Because travelling at Christmas time with two small people, as much of a pair of legends that they are... Travelling with small people, hmm, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, so Helen's parents thought it would be a good idea to move to Cornwall, <laughs> coast to coast at Christmas. So we've done that a few times, we've done that for the past two years and suddenly we're staying at home for Christmas um, this year. Because one, I think it's the first Christmas, we're travelling our way to Cornwall, the first time that we've done the journey, and we got 20 minutes away on the old sat-nav, and uh, all of a sudden we hear this... <laughs> in the back of the car, ED, our youngest, had vomed everywhere. You name it, it was covered. It wasn't just like tiny babysit, it was like full, like... <laughs> kind of a sick. And we're 20 minutes away from Helen's parents, in the dark, because we left really late. No idea where we were, had no idea where to stop, had no idea whether if we pulled over, whether it would be safe enough to kind of get out of the car and clean her up, and we had no idea if it really was going to be 20 minutes and whether we could just plough on through. And we're stuck in this situation, we're like, what do we do? Do we pull over and just check and just sort it out, or do we just windows down, get cold, get to Helen's parents? We chose the second option, which I'm really pleased about. But 
journeys, as much as we were excited about the thing that we were going to, sometimes can take unexpected turns. And I think this whole sense of journeys, there's a reason why that really resonates with us at Christmas time. Because actually, the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, actually takes place partway through a journey. There's a journey involved here. And uh, I'm going to read this journey, what the Bible tells us in Luke 2. It tells us about this journey that Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, went on. So I've got some little props, you'll be pleased to know. Um, So um, as I read it, I'm going to invite little people, um, children, not little adults. So if you're like, don't take the fun away from the kids just because you're small people, come on. Um, I'm going to invite, if we have any volunteers, just to come and collect a character out of the bag to help us visualise this epic journey of, of epic proportions. So this is what the account in Luke 2 says. In, these, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So the emperor, the dude in charge, wanted to know who was in his kingdom. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So this was the first time. This was a complete new thing. It had never been done before. The dudes in charge decided, not would be a good idea. Let's make sure that everyone's registered. Brilliant. Thanks for that, mate. Um, so that's the plan. No one had a, really an idea of what it was going to be like, what was going on. But that's what they were all doing. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph, can I have a volunteer, please? Anyone want to come and collect a... Brilliant. Yeah, come on. That's Joseph. And Joseph, round of applause for Joseph. And Joseph, where is he? Uh, There he is. Went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So you had to go back to your hometown to get registered. Now, the distance between... Bethlehem and Nazareth was just a, a mere 33 hours distance between. I, can't, I think it was like 150 odd kilometres. That was the distance that he had to travel. Now, obviously, there was no cars, there was no sat-nav. This was like your legs have got to take... You didn't have a push bike, you know, to like nip through all the lanes. You just had to walk. So they had a 33-hour journey of walking ahead of them. And um, that's quite a long journey, isn't it? That'd be like walking from here all the way down to Portsmouth. Now, I ain't down with that. Um, I've got friends in Portsmouth that I love, but I'm still not walking. Um, And he went to be registered with... Mary! Mary! Can I have another volunteer to come and get Mary out of the bag? Yeah, come on over. Don't worry, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to come and grab something out of this sparkly bag. So he went with, that's Mary. Mary! Come and stand next to Joseph. Now, think about this for a moment. How many hours have they got to travel? 33. Mary's got a baby in her tummy. Hands up, ladies. (laughs) Who would want to go on a 33-hour walk with a baby in your tummy? No. Hands up, husbands, if you want to go with your wife on a walk. <laughs> no. No way. Right. Um, 
He was with child. Okay, just to clarify, that means she was pregnant. And while they were there, the time had come for her to give birth. Don't worry, this isn't going to be lifelike. <laughs> it's going to be plain and easy, unlike the real thing. And uh, she gave birth to her firstborn son. So who would like to, to come and pick a baby Jesus out of a bag? Come and get Jesus. Do you want to come and get Yeah. Yeah, come on. She had her firstborn son, and his name was... Jesus! And she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there's no place for them in the inn. Now, this doesn't sound like a very comfortable journey to me. Not only has poor Mary had to travel 33 hours by foot slash donkey or other animal, whatever it was. Um, when they then came to give birth, she did it in a stable. Now, that's not a very comfortable situation, is it? This journey has taken a, quite a, an interesting turn. I'm sure they're not feeling very comfortable about the journey that they're on anymore. They're excited about this amazing birth, about this amazing child that is going to be born. They're excited about this pregnancy. This is amazing, but the journey that life has taken them on actually has left them in a bit of an uncomfortable state. Okay, so that's the first three characters. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Can I have three volunteers? Yeah, come on over, little dudes. That's one. Anyone else? Right, big children, you can also come up. Any big children want to come? We've got one shepherd. Big children, you want to come and help out on this amazing Hollywood production? Go on, yeah. Right, shepherds, can we stand this side, shepherds, yeah? Anyone want to be a sheep? Sheep, anyone? Come on, Lou. Come on, sheep it up. Look at that. Look at that little sheep. It's an amazing sheep. So now we've got shepherds and a sheep. Um, and they were keeping their, the watch of their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Come on, angel. Yeah, come on over. There we go. Empty bag. That's always a good sign. Okay. And the angel of the Lord uh, appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. So now the shepherds are feeling a little bit uncomfortable. They're just doing their shepherdy thing, looking after their sheep. All of a sudden, this angel appears and they're like, what is this? What is this? Completely now out of their comfort zone. They're filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel with a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. So this is the journey that we've got. It starts off with Mary and Joseph just going to do some kind of 
registration, practical thing, and they're like, well, it's a long journey, it's not going to be fun, but we're excited about the baby that's going to be born. And actually, it's a really uncomfortable journey. It gets even more uncomfortable that there's no hospital bed, not even an inn, not even a nice Airbnb, but a stable. (laughs) And then you've got the shepherds who are just doing their shepherdy thing. And then, and the sheep, yeah, sorry, sheep, sorry to leave you out. And then this angel appears, and it's this amazing, amazing experience. And they're scratching their heads, like, is this real? Could this really be true? Is this happening? Yeah, but there's. Exactly. And, but they're filled with fear, because they're like, this is, I would be filled with fear if I saw a massive, mighty angel and all these heavenly voices singing. Again, there's a bit of uncomfort, but they're told this is good news. So there's an excitement. There's an excitement about the journey now that they're going to go on. And of course, we know that the shepherds come. And they are in the scene. And they meet this baby lying in the manger. Thank you, volunteers. If you want to leave your, leave your character somewhere, you guys did well. And when we think about this whole theme of journeys, life is a bit like a journey, isn't it? Hands up if, if you feel like your life, you've actually been on quite a journey so far in your life. Hands up if it's been comfortable all the way through. <laughs> One, yeah. Optimistic. What a legend. But that's not true, is it? It's not true. Actually, there are good things in life that we've experienced along our journey, but... The journey can sometimes take a turn for the worse. It can be incredibly uncomfortable and actually sometimes fill us with fear. We, had, uh, we, were, we were given the opportunity to, to take the girls on the aeroplane for the first time. And we'd had an amazing time in Disney. It was an amazing gift that we were given. Um, and we really had a great day in the Disneyland park. So the journey that we'd gone was, was a great journey. There was excitement still. On the flight back, however, woohoo, Martha, how was the journey back? Bad. Bad. What happened? What happened? To the up and down. Up and down. Now, I've been on the aeroplane many of a time. I took Martha to go to the toilet, and all of a sudden we were being thrown. And I mean thrown around. To the point where the air steward was like, do you want to take a seat on the floor? And put Martha on their chair. And there's this moment where you're like, suddenly I felt very uncomfortable. The turbulence that I'd never experienced before that was throwing me around. They were still excited, excited about going home for a cup of tea and getting home, because they don't have that out in France, apparently. Um, but there's all of a sudden, this, this journey had taken, a, and, and I was feeling uncomfortable. And I think about the different people that we've seen. Mary, pregnant, having to journey for 33 hours. It's not fun. She probably was tired by the journey, probably a bit fed up, extremely excited about the baby that was coming, but actually just the journey of life that was taken on. She was just a bit done, just a bit done in. Apprehension of not knowing that where, where they were going to end up. They knew they were, where they were going to, but they didn't know where they were staying, if the baby was going to come, at what point the baby was going to come. So she's excited, but she's just a bit fed up, just a bit tired, a bit run down. Then you've got Joseph. I bet he was really stressed pregnant wife on a donkey like and the confliction that he might have felt knowing that he had to go and do this thing yet he knew it was actually probably really bad for his wife 
not the best timing, that conflict of life sometimes, where you know you've, something needs to be done, but you know that actually it's not going to be easy. Anxious about becoming a dad for the first time. Then you've got the poor donkey. I wonder how he felt. I always think of the game Buckaroo at this point. Overloaded, exhausted, just ready to break out, chuck everything off. How many of us feel like that this Christmas? And then you've got the shepherds who would have been doubting, potentially, had this amazing promise that there's good news for all people. But yet there's still that doubt in them of, is this really for us? Buckaroo. (laughs) How are you entering this Christmas season? Just think about that. How are you entering this Christmas season? In three days it's going to be Christmas. How are you feeling? Do you resonate with some of the feelings that Mary, Joseph, Donkey or the shepherds felt? Tired? Fed up? Apprehension inside? Stressed? Are you excited? Are you conflicted? Are you anxious? Are you overloaded? Are you exhausted? Are you doubtful? Are you ready to buckaroo? How are you feeling? Because life can sometimes make us feel like that. Now, luckily, we know that the story doesn't just end with uncomfortable journeys. If it did, this talk would be a bit like listening to the Pogues, where we've kind of enjoyed it, but now we feel depressed. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And then suddenly, oh, hang on, what have I just been singing? This is horrible. (laughs) Because actually, we've been thinking about the perspective and how all these characters would have felt, but we've forgotten someone. We haven't thought about the baby. We haven't thought about this baby that's been born lying in a manger. What is the hope for life's journey this Christmas? The baby Jesus. The baby Jesus. I've got a friend who I've got to know this year, and he keeps on communicating through different uh, formats that he's just not feeling it this year. He's just not feeling it this year. Can't get in the Christmas spirit. large part of that is because he's had one heck of a journey this year. And he has no hope because he has no Jesus in his life. This baby, why is is he good news for all people? That's what the angel said, right? It's good news for all people. Why? Because of who he is. Earlier in the time of worship, our friend over here read out a, a, a passage in Isaiah that says about Jesus being born, a child is going to be given who is a wonderful counsellor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, and a prince of peace. A prince of peace. The songs that we've sung in so many carols talked about this prince of peace. Be with me, Lord Jesus, because when life is uncomfortable, when there is turbulence on the journey of life, it sounds like a a wonderful counsellor a mighty God, an everlasting Father, and a Prince of Peace would be someone to do a journey with. That sounds like a good, good journey partner, doesn't it? That's why I love those lyrics in A Way in a Manger. So simple, yet when you think about who Jesus is, suddenly you go, wow, what hope this Christmas, that no matter how I am entering this journey, there is an invitation to do it and with the Prince of Peace in my life. Now, what really always strikes me is that these guys, these guys are in the story. Lowly shepherds, dudes with no homes, who all they did every day was look after sheep, 
who probably would have been looked down upon by other people. They were just wandering, they, this is what they, they just wandered around, feeding sheep grass and making sure they were all right. Yet they are invited into one of the most amazing scenes in history. They were invited into the birth room of this amazing Jesus. Now, I've not seen in my 33 years of life any shepherds in any of the prestigious moments of history invited. When I watched Prince Harry and and Meghan get married, there were no shepherds there. Have you noticed that? It's shocking that these guys are invited. Yet then I think about the 33 years that Jesus lived and he constantly invited in them that overlooked. He constantly invited into friendship those you least expected it. Prostitutes, the poor, the lepers, those who would betray him, those who persecuted him, thieves. He came for the sick and not for the well. Jesus constantly shocked people in his life by who he invited in to friendship with him. And this is the invitation, this is the great hope of this Christmas, that no matter where life's journey has taken you, there is an invitation from the Prince of Peace to do the journey with him. So if you're here this morning and you're, you're a Christian and you know Jesus and you've lived with Jesus for 10 minutes, 10 years, 80 years, you've known him for all your life, let this be a reminder to you today that you don't have to do life alone. You don't have to do it alone. He's a wonderful counsellor. He's a mighty God. He's everlasting. He isn't... This isn't like a momentary self-help fix thing. Everlasting peace can be known in this baby. And the invitation and the reminder to you if you're a Christian here this morning is, this is your saviour, this is your Jesus. Walk with him. You don't have to do it alone. He promises time and time again throughout the whole of the Bible to be with us. When he leaves the disciples and he sends them out, He says, and behold, I'll be with you always. He sends us his Holy Spirit. So whatever you're facing here this morning, in your walk of life, remember that the Prince of Peace is here. And he's with you. And if you're here this morning and you're you're just starting off on a journey of exploring who this Jesus is, can I just say to you, this is is who he is. He is a wonderful counsellor. He is a mighty God. He is a mighty God. He is an everlasting father and he's the prince of peace. Maybe in your life there's some issues going on and you just feel like you're on that aeroplane with all that turbulence and you don't know where to turn, you don't know how to get through it. Can I encourage you this Christmas to look at the baby in the manger? Because he invites you into walking with him, into friendship with him. And like all invitations, all we have to do It's the RSVP. All we have to do is respond and say, you know what, Jesus, I accept your invitation. If you are here this morning and you want to explore Jesus more, then please do. I'd love to chat with you and to pray with you. And I'm sure Gordon and anyone that you you came with would love to do the same. So please don't leave this morning without talking to someone about Jesus. So what is our hope this Christmas? Well, life's journey, it can send us in all kinds of different directions. It can make us feel kind of funky things. But there is a great hope that the Prince of Peace invites us to walk it with him so we don't have to do it alone.
Doesn't mean we'll understand it, but he offers peace that surpasses all understanding, that gives you a bit of stability in the madness. I'm just going to pray for us and then we'll end there. Jesus, I thank you that you came to this earth that you created to come and offer us peace. In a broken world, Lord Jesus, full of hurt, full of distress, full of sickness, death even, Lord Jesus, sorrows, you came to save. You came to save. You came to offer hope. Thank you that we can find hope this Christmas in you. through an invitation of friendship with you, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would help us today to respond and say, Jesus, I'm in. (laughs) Jesus, I'm in. Lord, if we've struggled to walk with you, I pray that you give us renewed energy to trust in you and to take your hand again and say, Jesus, I I want more of you. Lord Jesus, if we're looking this Christmas and we're full of sorrow, Actually, Christmas is a time where we're going to be thinking of those that we've lost this year or in previous years. I pray that you would come and bring a comfort and peace that is like no other thing that we've ever experienced. Lord Jesus, just now, I just pray that you would, Holy Spirit, work in our hearts. Work in our hearts, work in our minds. Come bring rest, come bring peace this Christmas. Lord Jesus, may you be glorified through all that we do. May you be worshipped as you deserve this Christmas in all the different activities that we do. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you that you came for us. You came for the unexpected. You come for, for men like me. Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.